Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week's episode of Primates is brought to you by Barbarossa Beard Bars. It's an all-in-one soap that cares for and nourishes your beard and your body. It's natural handmade in Australia. And if you go to barbarossa.com.au, linked in the description, and use the code PRIMATES, written in the description, you'll get 10% off. And that's 10% off an already very attractive price. You might even feel a little guilty taking an extra 10% off, but you shouldn't because that helps them know that you came through me and that makes me look good. And this is my first ever sponsor. So I'd love you to get behind them. Uh, That's barbarossa.com.au. I'll tell you a little bit more about them later in the show. But for now, on with the show. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we go through primates in popular culture from Chimpan A all the way down to Chimpan Z. This week, I'm joined by two very special guests, uh, podcast royalty, I'd say, uh, host of the Don't You Know Who I Am podcast, Mr. Josh Earl. Hey, Matt. And the host of Sizzletown, Mr. Tony Martin. Good evening. Good evening. Or afternoon. <laughs> two of my favourite podcasts. It's a real oh. uh, honour to have you oh, both thanks. in. Thank you, Matthew. Cheers. Doing what I assume is one of your favourite podcasts. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It seems to me like a, a very limited scope for a podcast. You would think that. It's apparently we're already into double figures here. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't expect it to still be going. But uh, here we are and there's still so – I haven't even done King Kong yet. Oh, really? More so episodes than Primates than there is Faulty Towers. And that's, yeah. that's good. <laughs> I think that says quite a lot. Yeah. So, You've probably been asked this question, both being veterans of the comedy world, you've both been asked this question before. What is your favourite primate? Well, I do like the orangutans at yeah. the zoo. If I go to the zoo, it's straight to the to the midday show by yeah. the orangutans. They're always turning on a performance, I find. Hey, yeah, they are the stars, mm. Melbourne Zoo. It's very yeah. smart. Are I watch, they? Yeah, real close up, watch them just like they'll look at you in the eye and complete puzzles. Really? Yeah, sort of psyching you out. Change the preferences on your email? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, Josh, favourite I, Well, primate? I think chimpanzees are yeah, really good. Chimpanzees, they've got some character to them. Mm. 
what the but they're also very vicious. Yeah, but, is that uh, right? I, yeah, you hear you, that. You, you shouldn't smile at them. They'll rip your face yeah. off or something. Yeah, you don't smile at a chimpanzee because we it's... weren't brought up to. You know, they were cuddly when yeah. we were growing up. They were selling paint to me when I was growing up. <laughs> were they? Yeah, there was the Taubmans or whatever the ones. It you was didn't always have the dog. No, there was always chimps because right. I remember my my uncle in his shed had like a whole bunch of posters of chimps in overalls selling paint or tools. <laughs> Right. There was that and the Chico Roll Lady. They were uh, all through his shed. That's a Tasmanian thing, I think. No, I don't think it was just... <laughs> I think that might be Bernie specific. They just went, oh, the Tassie market, we've got to get the primates in. I think it was, yeah. I can remember. I just remember dogs. Dogs, mm. the big dogs white would, fluffy dogs. Yeah, they'd sell paint. And also, I don't know if this, um, like, paint would often come with a, a paint tin of jelly beans as well. That's how they really? would get you to buy paint. Wow. A big paint in a jelly beans. Okay, we've got to sell some paint. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Monkeys and jelly beans, <laughs> yes. that's the key. You, you got your start in marketing, didn't you, Tony? So yes. Say the kind of tricks you employed? I was, uh, well, it was mainly audio. I was sort of writing a lot of radio ads and uh, obviously the, we had access to sound effects of monkeys. But it was, i tell you what it was, it was in the early 80s and it was just at the beginning of cute Labrador pups being used to sell everything. And if you notice, that's still the case. Yeah. Toilet paper, it's always a yellow Labrador running through the house. That old roll of toilet paper. Came from were the you, 90s. So were you working yeah, in well, radio? the 80s, actually, sadly. Were you working in radio when How Green Is My Cactus was huge? Well, see, I was in New Zealand, so oh, okay. we, we did not get cactus. Uh, cactus, as yeah. it's always referred to. But I remember when we were working with the D-Generation, we never had enough um, running characters. Yep. And a guy would always come in and go, Guys, you got to listen to some cactus. <laughs> Get some cactus into you. That's that's the standard here. Because it was all it was always played when I was picked up from school by my my, right. my dad on Seven BU in Burnie, and it was always how green is my cactus. And I was like eight years old, had no idea right. what this was going on about. It was always Bob Hawke impressions. That's or, right. I never because <laughs> in the eighties, because I, I moved here in the mid eighties, so I didn't know who all the politicians yeah. were, and I would always tune into a satirical show, and it would always be. But that's what it was. So it was a satirical pol- political radio show. I vaguely yeah. remember yeah. it as well. It was so, like a serial. It was like five minutes yeah. and you'd slot it into your breakfast show. I remember it finding it funny. Right. Or yeah. maybe I just thought, assumed it was. Yeah, it has the beats of comedy. Yeah. So you just go, oh, yeah, this is, must be funny. I reckon my dad was laughing along, so I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd. You know, you want to laugh along. We never got that in New Zealand, but we did. I remember I was working at a radio station in the early 80s and we had the Rude albums by Doug Mulray, (laughs) who was from Sydney Radio, and they were just, it was very blue, if I remember. I remember us going, how do they get away with this on radio? And then he went to TV and got halfway through an episode before. That's uh, right. Well, I've talked about that. I think I possibly talk about this on every podcast. (laughs) But, yeah, Doug Mulray was the host of the naughtiest home video show, which was uh, what it must have been was all of the ones that were too rude for funniest home videos and someone had just been putting them aside and then someone's gone, hey, we've got a whole hour here. Yeah, it's the ones that would have been played at the Christmas party. Yeah. The home videos Christmas party going, oh, we'll put them on TV. And there was a lot of – I don't know if there were monkeys in there, but there were a lot of animals. Yeah. And the story was that it was screening in all the different states – and Kerry Packer called up and said, and his exact words were, get that fucking shit off the air now. And so it just got pulled, and it got pulled in at different times in different states. So I remember on 
uh, get this, we would get people to call in and say, what was the last thing that happened in your state? Yeah. And in Melbourne, it was a child reaching for some kangaroo's genitals. <laughs> that was, And then it just went to black and there was an ad break. And then when we came back from the ads, Cheers was on. Right. <laughs> like possibly halfway through an episode. But in different states, there my, was my someone, fa- someone pissing on a, <laughs> you know, a zebra. My other favourite <laughs> axing story, Tony Moclair told me this one, which is he was working on a show. It was all on the whiteboard. It hadn't been like in, even in production yet. And someone from the head office came down, looked at the whiteboard and went, nah. And after lunch, they were told to pack up their desk. They're going, <laughs> oh, <laughs> just really? looking at the whiteboard. That was all it was. <laughs> just had what they had planned for the series. Went, nah, pull it. We're not doing it. Wow. That's brutal. I'd love to see that whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> the show we're talking about today, Josh, you you picked it because I talked to you about this podcast before it started. And yes. You said it very quickly. I said Lancelot. <laughs> Lancelot, Lancelot Link. Link, Secret mm. Chimp. Yeah. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> that sounds like gibberish. <laughs> and he said, no, nah, do you remember it from – because it was – I remember so in Tasmania, Saturday mornings, there was a TV show called The Saturday Morning Fun Show. And it was hosted by the guy who read the sports on the nightly news and Howie the Yowie, which was this kind of grey blob of a thing (laughs) with a big pink nose. And I don't know who did the voice of it. And they would play like cartoons and they'd come back and they'd do a little bit, oh, it's this person's birthday and then that kind of stuff. And then so it was the goodies, banana splits, and then there was a third one which would change up. And I remember this being in the rotation somewhere. Banana splits is another. It's another one, yeah. Another primate-related kids show. Well, this is this is another story from that, which has primate kind of uh, you know influence. So people used to send their photos in the kids for their birthdays, and there was a girl at my school who was three years younger than me, but her photo went in, and look, she looked a little bit Simeon herself. And so when they showed the photo underneath, they would do like the hey, hey, it's today and have like comments underneath. And they just put Planet of the Apes. She was like turning eight years old and they just (laughs) roasted her on TV. Say that. (laughs) Yeah. Eight year old. On your birthday, too. (laughs) You monkey looking eight year old. Yeah. That's for daring to send in a photo. So Lancelot Link was on. And then a couple of years back, like probably 10 years ago, Acme here in Melbourne had a showing of it. And me and my good friend Justin Hazelwood went along to just reminisce in that nostalgia and then realise that this is the weirdest fucking show I've ever seen. Well, it feels like the 1960s, but according to the Wikipedia, it was 1970 or, yeah, 1970-71, a live-action film series featuring a cast of chimpanzees given apparent speaking roles by overdubbing with human voices. They're all wearing clothes. They're involved in a spy Scenario. It was yeah. a lot of the people who'd made Get Smart worked on it, yeah. apparently. So. In, yeah, the two creators um, uh, were writers for Get Smart, and they, apparently they both quit uh, their jobs as head writers um, for the Carol Burnett show to do Lancelot. <laughs> they'd they'd <laughs> right. actually just won an Emmy that year, the year before and left wow. that to work on this show. So they had high hopes, and it was the most expensive Kids show at the time, a million dollars was the budget. Was yeah. that per episode? No. No, for the season. <laughs> for the season. <laughs> wow. <laughs> in 1971, that's probably a million per episode by today's money. Yeah, sure. I don't know finances. Should... You don't have to pay the actors in this show. Right. Pay the handlers. Yeah, right. The actors aren't getting paid. So the, And then, um, so it's basically, yes, very similar to Get Smart. You've got... The agency to prevent evil is sort of the equivalent of uh, 
Control. Control versus the criminal headquarters for the underworld's master plan, or Chump. Chump. Are they like the chaos? Yeah, so there's Ape and Chump. Ape and Chump. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, they so they were... Some of the actors were famous-ish, like the uh, actor who played the bad guy, uh, Baron Von Butcher, was it uh, voiced by Bernie Coppel, who was, Coppel, um, who was... Siegfried that's right. in Get Smart, and then later Doc on the Love Boat. Yeah, that's a weird. What a change-up! <laughs> Took off the mustache, became a. It was a sex symbol, sort of, wasn't he, on the Love Boat? I get, well, weren't they all? I can't remember. <laughs> they were just always suavely. Swanning about in shorts because his his Baron von Butcher voice was basically his Siegfried voice. So so it was very recognizable. Um, I guess they just said, Can you come in and do your Siegfried? Uh, it says laborious staging and training of the animals. Uh, but this is the part that got me. Um, to make the dialogue fit the chimp's lip action, the creators went to ridiculous lengths. Voiceovers were ad libbed on the set. Yeah. So they'd be right. watching the mouths <laughs> with a mic in hand and just talking along trying to make it fit what the mouth of the, the chimp is doing. And it says, this led to beautifully absurd moments of the chimps breaking into songs <laughs> at the end of sentences or spontaneously reciting Mother Goose rhymes just so that it would look right. So obviously you've got a sentence like you're going, okay, we've got to quickly blow up that island but the monkey's mouth is still moving, so then they've just gone, three blind mice. They've just said anything to make it fit. Rather than just cutting. Just yeah. cutting to another angle, you would think, for your million-dollar show. But obviously, it was a different time back then. Um, <laughs> and I think that, well, that, we've found with this show most uh, – most primate-related uh, TV shows and movies happened before 9-11. And I don't know if it was <laughs> because that was a more naive time. Yeah, um, right. We were more happy to, to play with chimps on screen. Maybe it was before we realised they could rip your face off. I'm so sure. uh, after 9-11, a monkey in a suit defusing yeah. a bomb is yeah. no longer funny. It seems to be the case. There's very few of those sort of scenarios happening anymore, on screen at least. So Is it cruelty? Would it, would it be considered animal cruelty? I think or? that's got to play in order a bit well, as well. Yeah, there's a documentary on this called I Made Lancelot Link. It goes for 15 minutes. It's well worth a watch. It's with the two creators. Have you seen it, Matt? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I didn't know how much research you did into it, so I thought you might have not watched it. Oh, no, I've definitely yeah. watched it. Well, they're talking about the shoes. So the, the chimps all have shoes on, but they don't have soles on those shoes apart from the woman who plays the assistant, like right. that Jewish princess kind of Is assistant. Is that matter yeah. hairy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. And she, she, that chimp didn't mind wearing shoes, but all the others are just the casing of the shoe but no sole on the shoe. And, uh, the commitment, like, yeah. surely if they don't want to wear shoes, yeah. is your show ruined if they're but going it, around Beth? People go, I can't believe also, this is a real spy. So that one who wore the, wore the shoes, the Matter O'Hare, she also would, like, she was very temperamental on the set and if she didn't want to do it, she'd just pull all, all her jewellery off and throw it in the bushes. And so a lot of the t- <laughs> and is that worked into the story? <laughs> no, but a lot of the tech had to go and find them in the bushes and then they realise, oh, we just get to get copies of all the jewellery and just if she chucks them, right. put the other ones on and just keep filming. Now, all the other monkeys though, so all the monkeys had trainers who taught them how to speak. So the trainers would be off the side just doing that for the listener. I'm doing my hand, opening and closing like I'm right. operating a puppet, except for the main one, which is Lancelot Link, 
who they just gave him gum. So he's just chewing oh. gum the entire time. Yeah, no. that's not as believable. No. <laughs> <laughs> Looks because like he's chewing. Wasn't it uh, on Mr. Ed, the talking horse, they put peanut butter, peanut butter yeah. in the horse's mouth? But that was so. black and white, so you can right. kind of get away with just oh. smearing their mouth with, like, right. <laughs> a condiment. <laughs> oh, God. So that's frowned upon now. Yeah. I think Ross Noble told us on radio that there is some kind of law that you're not allowed to make a monkey do something that it would not naturally do. Yeah. So riding life. a horse is another <laughs> right. one. In the first episode, they're on skis. This like, and they talk about this in the documentary where it was like a hundred degree day, and they had fake, and they had all the monkeys in like snow gear on wow. skis sliding down this <laughs> fake little mountain they've created. And also, this is the other thing. This is my, and I'll move on. All the monkeys, all the male monkeys were castrated before the show. So you oh. got cast and then you got castrated. <laughs> That's a very disturbing episode. <laughs> <laughs> so because they were worried about the female monkeys going into heat and then uh-huh. they won't be able to actually film the, film the show. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you can do that no, anymore. No, you can't do that. Yeah, so actors. no um, Me Too issues <laughs> in the monkey world. But the main monkey, Tonga, who mm. played Lancelot Link, mm. Secret Chimp, they said he'll remember this because he was a bit older than the rest of them. And so the vet who was always on, on set, apparently one day was just on set, and this is like a few months into the filming, and Lancelot Link escaped from the set and tra- like jumped on him and bit a hole into his back. Really? And it was at this moment the TV executives who had not been on set at this point <laughs> apparently rolled in in their, like, in their limousine, opened the door, and there's the star of the show <laughs> biting a human. And wow. apparently they got back in and just drove off again and they didn't come back again. They went, we don't want to know. Just film it and oh, we'll put it on air. Uh, but, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this hasn't happened since Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. But listen to this. Um, the filmmakers made the most of the budget staging multiple episodes with the same settings and wardrobe, occasionally reusing the same chase footage, yes. <laughs> including a Rolls Royce. Now, that was a big thing when I was a kid is a lot of shows would just use the same shots. Yeah. The Dukes of Hazard was a classic one that's like they filmed – they obviously filmed the car jumping over a ravine from about five different angles yeah. and then they just rotated them. And Battlestar Galactica, the, the original, was another one where it was the first episode you went, wow, this is as good as Star Wars. And then week two, that's just the same five shots over and over. <laughs> well, this is amazing. So they had such a budget they could afford a Rolls Royce for a chase scene yeah, where wow. you look at Australian TV shows and you know there's always going to be a crash in one of those shows when the guys go, oh, my car's not working. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Take mine. And some, <laughs> some bomb that like, cost them 500 bucks. Like Toadie and Madeline West's character, Dee, in Neighbours, when they're on their wedding day, apparently they went wow. to drive off and they're like, oh, we can't find the keys. Get in here and drive off. And then it drives off a cliff. Wow. You know that's going to happen. So, yeah. Yes. This- that, I remember that footage. Yeah, going yeah. Out, it was like an, like an X, XD Falcon or something from 1982. Yeah. Yeah, I won't take the rolls. Yeah. I just need to use the Falcon. Uh, yeah, this is, it's incredible hearing this because I remember uh, I would have been six or seven and we got a TV for the first time in New Zealand. There's only one channel yeah. at that point. So if Lancelot Link was on, you had to watch it and everyone in the country would be watching it. But uh, having not seen uh, proper spy shows yeah. or Get Smart – this is like I'm learning. <laughs> this is total surrealism. 
Like people are like bugging, you know, they've got tape recorders yeah. and, and, and guns hidden in their shoes and cars with machine guns that come out of the, the headlights. Yeah. But I'm seeing it all for the first time <laughs> in a monkey universe. Very strange. It's like for me it was like always The Simpsons. Like I didn't know what they yeah. were parroting. So Cape Fear, I didn't know about that film until I saw The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> kind of take on. And then right. when I watched Cape Fear, I went, oh, that's, what, that's why that was so clever. The Planet of the Apes, the musical, is the yeah. first Planet of the Apes I've seen. <laughs> Wow. Wow. But we also had, I remember at the same time as this show was going to air, there was an ad campaign on TV for a a tea, a brand of tea called PG Tips, and that was all with monkeys. Yeah. So they were all dressed up classy like they were in uh, a Merchant Ivory film. And and the same techniques, possibly even made by the same people, possibly even the same chimpanzees. So you'd be going from a monkey show to the ad break and there'd be a monkey ad. <laughs> what is what is happening in New Zealand? Yeah. The other if you've not seen this show, like there's some great costumes and also like there's the character Wang Fu, which wears a fake moustache. Wang like, Fu. On a, on a monkey's face, they've got a fake moustache. And apparently there's another one who has like a monocle. And in the document, they talk about he always had the monocle. It never fell out. And if it did fall out, he would the monkey would put it back in himself. Wow. I just loved wearing this monocle. And what's strange about watching it is you go, okay, the, the monkeys probably don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> They don't understand why they're being made to wear these things and hold guns and everything. But then on top of that, you've got the layer of like having a uh, violin case with a machine gun yeah. in it, which is a strange <laughs> yeah. concept. I mean, no wonder they ended up biting the guy's back. <laughs> yeah, you would bite someone's back. What is going on here? Why am I talking into a telephone? I gotta pull you up, Tony. You've been calling them monkeys. Uh, monkeys. I'm sorry. They're, they're apes. I mean, their yeah, whole organisation. Yeah, this is the, the podcast where you should get that right. That's right. Isn't it? I have not done an episode where I haven't had to pull someone up. Pull someone up, and um, <laughs> it is like I think I grew up as well thinking chimps. Like if if someone said draw a picture of a monkey, yeah, most yeah. people would have drawn a chimp. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I think it. And in these shows, even in an article, it was written. Recently, about it, they refer to them as monkeys the whole way through. Wow! It's a, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's very disrespectful. It's one obviously. of those words. Like, is it like uh, like midget like that? You can't use that word. Yeah. And I'm using that word with quote marks okay. around it. I'm not uh, declaring anyone in this room or nearby to be one. Okay. And the only reason it's stuck in my head is I was listening to a Sly and the Family Stone album, and it's got that great song "Stand." But there's a line of that song where it goes, "There's a midget yeah. standing tall," <laughs> in this in this incredibly right-on yeah. anthem. The word midget is used. By the way, if you want to beep all the, the midget, I'm sorry, I've said it again, Matt. <laughs> if you want to go back and beep them, it, if there's going to be male. It would make it a an interesting game for the listeners to play. Yeah, what's Tony saying? <laughs> what wrong thing is Tony saying today? <laughs> I apologise for all the midgets and monkeys that have occurred so far. You, you've got a term that you use sometimes for stuff like what was the the character's name? Tonga. Oh uh, no, the the oh, bad guy. Wang. Oh, there's Wang Wang Chung? Wang Fu. <laughs> Wang, Wang Fu. There's <laughs> <laughs> Wang Fu, and then there was uh, so there was also uh, Darwin. He was another character. Darwin. Yeah, he's the he's the head. Yeah. He's the. And they each episode they'd say, "What's your theory, Darwin?" Yeah, it was a bit of fun. Yep. But uh, the Wang, it's not Wang Chung, what is it? Wang Fu. Wang Fu. Would, is, does that count as a bit of Mino Raiki? Is that a, so is that a. Well, it is a play on Kung Fu. 
and he is right. wearing one of those kind of like a not, Fu Manchu yeah, style yeah. moustache. And I'm yeah. pretty sure the actor doing the voice is not a genuine kung fu master. So yes. is it doubly racist? Is it, it, so you've already taken a, a chimpanzee and you're forcing to do this. So you, it's slightly offensive already. And then on top of that, you've grafted a racial stereotype. Yes. That's doubly problematic, yeah. isn't it, really? <laughs> so that means it cancels uh, each other out? The, the two, it two problems is that, that we're not, do, we have Do two wrongs problems. make a right in that instant? Because <laughs> you've, you've, have you had a bit of – you joke around a bit on Sizzletown about um, there's a warning – uh, yeah. This episode may be problematic. problematic. Yeah. Well, we had, well, because Sizzletown, if you haven't heard it, is a, a talkback show where I play the host and all of the callers. So in the last episode that went uh, out when we were recording this, I had someone from the Podcast Diversity Council calling and go, why are there no women calling in? Or why are there no uh, Indigenous voices on the show? And I'm. It's a very strange situation because firstly I'm talking I'm arguing with myself <laughs> and then I can't on the show in the world of the show I can't reveal that I'm doing the characters so I'm saying well I can't really if I have indigenous people calling people will be offended and then that character is going how is that offensive <laughs> really that would offend people so it's a very um uh, like an Escher painting, really, yeah. of moral issues, of ethical issues. Because I have had, a lot of people don't realise I do all the voices, so therefore I do get a lot of people on Twitter going, why Why are there no women calling yet? <laughs> why are there no trans callers? And I go, well, people might be offended. Why would they be offended by that? It's <laughs> a very hard thing to explain. There's Speaking of things that are offensive now, but in the time... Not as prevalent, but in the first episode, uh, one of the one of the characters is dressed up as a Native American, right? And then that in the actual shooting of it, that monkey escaped because they were outside that on the lot, and that that chimp, sorry, I'm sorry for the chimp <laughs> listeners, escaped, and they couldn't find it. Right. And then an hour later, a hippie. This is in the in the, the words of the creator. A hippie came hand in hand with this chimp and said, I think you've lost this chimp. It was looking in my window at me for half an hour. Oh, <laughs> so, Which I imagine just being Staring this stone dude just going, is that a chimp <laughs> looking at me? What's going on? And then walking it back. Like, yeah. Wow. Dressed as a Native American. Wait, okay. For I was thinking that was in the show, but that. That is out of the show. So that is like just on set, a chimp escaped. A hippie finds him, goes, I don't know what's going on, but let's go for a walk and see if we can find someone who you belong to. Oh, man. He's taken his life into his own hands there. Can you imagine leaving the Carol Burnett show where you've won an Emmy and going on <laughs> working with chimps and they're escaping and they're biting the vets? Uh, yeah. Apparently the Emmy was one, and I, I don't know if I remember this, it was one for a, a parody of Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Do, is that a famous sketch? I don't know, no. but it was just... It's just one of those sketches that yeah. won an Emmy. But had there been chimp shows before, was this a, a like an innovative show? Or? I reckon there would have been chimps on, like, say, the Ed Sullivan show and yes. just they'd put them on in that show. Because Ed Sullivan is a character, but it's Ed Simeon in oh, the show. That's right. Yeah. And so I reckon they would have had it and it's that thing of, oh, this is going to be great. People love seeing chimps yeah. on, on, on TV. And- there was a movie, and I don't know if you've already covered this on this podcast, but uh, Ronald Reagan. The, oh, uh, I haven't yet. Uh, something uh, for Bozo? Bedtime for Bonzo. Bonzo. <laughs> and so this was uh, yeah, former president. Well, it was an actor in the, what, 50s, and he's in a film with a chimpanzee co-starring. And you go, 
think ahead 500 years when they're looking back at things that presidents... That's going to seem one of the oddest footnotes in history, really. We talk about Trump, how bizarre he yeah. is, but there was there was a president who did a movie with a chimpanzee. It feels That's like the, the kind of thing that would... Now you'd go, well, you're never going to work in politics. Like, no, How do exactly. you get part, the, the political cartoonists? Every cartoon <laughs> exactly. would be hand in hand with a chimp. Well, that's it. But do you remember when uh, you guys would have been quite young, I'm assuming, when uh, Bill Clinton appeared on television playing the saxophone? Yeah. That was insane at the time. That doesn't happen. I also like that that was a cool thing to do. (laughs) He's he's got sunglasses (laughs) on. Play the saxophone. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I think with the more modern version, that's probably Obama slow jamming the news on. Yeah. yeah, whatever show that was, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. 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 Yeah. Oh my God. Jimmy Flannel. <laughs> He's fantastic. <laughs> He's a character in uh, Lancelot Link somehow. Probably. Yeah. Sorry, just butting in here briefly to tell you a little bit more about Barbarossa Beard Bars. It's an all-in-one soap that cares for and nourishes your beard and your body, and it's natural and handmade in Australia. You can get it in activated charcoal, you can get it in red clay, or you can get it in tea tree. That's right, all three of the three possible flavours of beard care, as far as I'm aware. Something that's really important, uh, I think, to them and to us here, obviously, at Primates, is that it's 100% palm oil free. So it's friendly to our orangutan friends. I know other products basically are just scoops of palm oil that they tell you to rub into your beards, and supposedly that's good for your beard. I mean, even if it was good for your beard, how do you feel about that, scooping palm oil onto your face? May as well be the blood of an orangutan. Is that what you want? Orangutan blood on your hands? Well, you won't. (laughs) You won't have that blood on your hands if you use Barbarossa beard bars. Sorry, I've gone... A little bit off script there. Barbarossa Beard Bars. Bloody hell, that's fun to say. Barbarossa Beard Bars. Try it at home. Barbarossa Beard Bars. Uh, It's coming up to Christmas, but these are the kind of presents you can give yourself anytime if you have a beard. Uh, If you don't have a beard, maybe consider getting a beard. But if you don't have a beard and you don't want to have a beard, I don't really get it, but fair enough. Maybe you have a beard in your life. Maybe a significant other. Maybe it's your son. Mum, if you're listening, your son has a beard. Maybe you could get me a Bubba Rosa beard bar for Christmas. But also you should remember that beards are not just for Christmas, all right? Beards are for year round. Don't just get a a beard for Christmas and then, you know, chuck your beard out on the street come New Year's. All of a sudden you've got a feral beard running around the streets, breeding with other feral beards. You know, that's not what it's about um, at all. And certainly that is way off script. To be honest, there's not even a script. I've just had a couple of dot points here, and I've said them all already. I love this company. Um, they are my first sponsor on Primates, so it would be so cool if you could get behind them if you do have a beard in your life. If you go to barbarossa.com.au, you can use the code PRIMATES for 10% off. Uh, go to barbarossa.com.au, B-A-R-B-A-R-O-S-A.com.au, and use the code PRIMATES, or one word, uh, spelled like this show's title, P-R-I-M-E-M-A-T-E-S, for 10% off for some of that 100% palm oil-free goodness for your beard. Now, back to the show. So that where well, you mentioned um, uh, Ed Simeon. Yes. He, so his segment on the show, he'd come in. It was a pretty good impersonation as far as I know. I only know Ed Sullivan from The Simpsons. but yeah. <laughs> Most people know Ed Sullivan from impressions of yeah. Ed Sullivan. Yeah. Or they're introducing the Beatles, maybe? Was that yeah, him? Yeah, that's right. So he, I think it's each episode he introduces a band 
uh, called the Evolution Revolution. Yeah. And they play a song, and that song maybe has like a secret code for the other spy apes to get, but really it's just a chance for them to sort of. They were trying to follow on from the success, apparently, of the Archies. Right. So, so yeah. they were from uh, the Archie show. They had a hit, number one hit song called Sugar Sugar. Sugar Sugar, yeah. Which was big around the world. And so. Do you all... know who wrote that? No, who wrote that? Neil Diamond wrote Sugar Sugar. Really? Yeah. That is a that is a fun fact. Yeah. Um, but apparently around that time, just every kid show would release an album, and and they did collate that into an album released through ABC Dunhill, and I believe it did not have any great success. Really? Because <laughs> right. the songs are great. Right. Should, going even back to the start of the show, the theme song is a great theme song to a show because it explains. Every single thing yeah, explains all the characters, what their role is in the show, and then it moves on. I, and I think shows should do that again. I think it, Lost has ruined it for everyone. Where Lost <laughs> just came in, just, that was it. If Lost had a Gilligan's Island <laughs> yeah. style song with the beginning, yeah. that would be fantastic. It's so on my radio show when I used to do a sketch show called Lime Champions. We would sometimes do the theme songs and would add the actual lyrics yes. of what the song's about. So. For Six Feet Under, we just had, people are dying, people are dying, we're going to bury them, and just we'd do a whole bunch of them, But uh, which I think TV shows should do again. That's a, that's a strong premise for yeah. it. Oh, it's good. Well, when you're writing sketches every week, and you would know this, yes. you've written many of oh, them, yes. but it's that thing of like, all right, if we get one that's a good format, like, here we go. These characters that's are coming right. on every single week. I forget I forget Lime Champions. I used to set my alarm for Lime Champions. Oh, thanks. It was to, great. To turn the, turn the radio <laughs> off. Turn it off. <laughs> it was on a very odd. It was like 7 o'clock Se- on a Monday. Yeah, 7 on a Monday. Something. We were pitching for years to midnight on a, like a Wednesday or a yeah. Thursday or something like that when the only people up are the people who are crazy enough to listen to it. But, yeah. It was quite Don't, a lot of work went into that show. Oh, so much It was much very work. impressive. I but thought. you came on as Gary Sizzle. Yeah. Well, I I think that clip is on YouTube, yeah. but it's, I think it's the most popular thing of mine on YouTube. And I'm very happy because I don't say anything in that clip. Right. I know Justin and Eva listened back to him and went, oh, I wish I didn't say anything. We should just let Tony speak the whole time. But, but um, yeah, yeah, the songs, going back to the songs, great songs. And this is one of the facts. So they had a single, Shala Love You, which right. if you're listening to the podcast, open up another window, mm. listen to this on YouTube. Don't turn this off, of course, and listen to it. Accompany it. But that was originally written for a band called The Grassroots, and then it was taken off them to give to some oh. chimpanzees. Which I'm like, <laughs> you must have gone, can we get a hit? I just want a hit song. I love like, the yeah. idea that they might have been halfway through recording it in the studio and then someone's just tapped on the yeah. glass. Sorry, guys. Sorry, we have to stop. Um, you'll never guess what's happened. <laughs> We've sold it to some chimps. But it's, how did that – because you mentioned the Archies. Now, the Archies was a cartoon, yes. so it's quite easy to make the characters be in a band. How – were the chimpanzees made to perform music? Well, it's they are quite convincing. The keyboardist looks really, and the drummer, like, yeah, I was yeah, surprised. Right. But they've got a trainer, yeah, uh, Frank Inn, who's just like a, a master and also probably a bit of a weirdo, I assume. Right. But he he got them to do things through the series, including um, ride motorbikes at one point. So he started with them on training wheels. Eventually, wow. took the training wheels off, and then they were just riding motorbikes. <laughs> really. <laughs> Controlling the acceleration. So, yeah. Like these Brakes. days, you wouldn't even let the actor ride the motorbike. You'd get a stunt double in. But they were like, oh, I'll just put the monkeys on. <laughs> Sorry, chimps. Chimps, chimps. But the other thing, like, so with the songs as well, they just gave the instruments to the to the actors, and it was just absolute chaos. They were just banging them, and then they said they played the music 
And once the music played, they all, whatever instrument that looked like. So really? chimps have a tendency to bang with the back of their hands. They don't bang with their fingertips. But then the person, the monkey, the chimp, who was on the keyboards actually was doing it like, and also doing it alternating hands wow. like you would actually play. It's, it says here. Um, they're like, they don't know how that happened. It was just a really lucky thing. And so you look at all the film clips. The chimps are doing the same movements because wow. they just use that one clip. Wait, right, so with different songs. Yeah. It says here some songs contained heavy guitar riffs <laughs> reflecting the growth of hard rock. <laughs> I like think of monkey doing a windmill <laughs> doing a Pete Townsend. Wow. Uh, the evolution revolution uh, was some – oh, listen to the no- – okay, we've got um, – uh, they're dressed in colourful uh, hippie-style wigs and wardrobe. Lancelot Link on guitar, Marta Harry on tambourine, uh, with Blackie as Bananas Marmoset <laughs> on the drums. Sweetwater Gibbons, it's a play on words there, Gibbons in fringed vest and granny glasses was uh, playing the Far Fisa organ. Although, oh, yes, yeah, there's a lot of organ talk. Yeah. Obviously, an organ expert has got onto the Wikipedia page for Lancelot Link. Oh, no, that's a Vox Continental. Well, you, you're not Wikipedia. What's your, you're famous for updating. Well, I do websites. a bit of work on IMDb, right. which was a project of mine uh, started in the 90s. When uh, when do you remember the internet starting? I, I remember- See, it started when I was in high school, but it was like, Two websites you need to go to, and I wasn't yes. interested. So, and so I remember having an email at, when I first started uni, so ninety nine. But going, uh, well, I don't need it. And only in like two thousand two was I like, oh, right. I actually should. I might have to go on the internet now. And do you remember in the early days when you went to one of those two websites, there'd be a counter yes. which ticked over, go, you're the sixty seventh person <laughs> to visit CNN. But um, yeah, they had the Internet Movie Database, which was started by a man called Cole Needham. Uh, I, I don't know whether this is true or not, but I read he'd started it in the late 80s to catalogue his porno movies. So most things, I think, start <laughs> yeah. with pornography. Well, that, and- that when Josh said there's only two websites, the first <laughs> website I ever saw was shown to me by friends at school and it was shiteaters.com. Oh, really? And it was wow. photos of, of naked people eating shit. For five years, that's all there was <laughs> yeah. on the internet. Because I remember rotten.com. That was a big oh, one where you could God. see like autopsy photos and all yeah. that kind of stuff. That that's was the right. only thing. I was like, I'm not into this. That's right. There was always a rumour was, there's a picture of um, uh, the corpse of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one I was always too frightened to click on. But in 1996, the IMDb had two New Zealand movies in it. Yeah. Uh, it was the piano and heavenly creatures. So I just decided to make it my life's work to get every New Zealand movie, which at that time was about 490, into the IMDb. So I just did that for it took me three and a half years yeah. of just um getting my mum to VHS <laughs> movies in the middle of the night and post them over and I'm going through Meet the Feebles. Meet <laughs> the Feebles, I remember putting that in there. So and then after three and a half years, it the project was finished. And I was like, what am I going to do now? And then I started on getting old Australian comedies people had forgotten, like Brass Monkeys or Ugly Dave Gray's Celebrity Tattletales and just putting them into the IMDb. And they're two real things. They're two real (laughs) shows. Ugly Dave, do you know who Ugly Dave Gray yeah, was? Yes. He's a, a comic. Blankety Blanks? Yeah. Blankety Blanks. Had the, mustar- had the cigar as well. Because I remember there was the, oh, what's his name? Tim had the top hat Melbourne comic who used to do an impression of, this is my impression. Oh, I'm Tim just too hips, baby. My wife, my wife. That's my impression of Ugly Dave Grainy. <laughs> 
I remember watching that on an old ABC TV wow. show called Something Hot Before Bed. This was before wow. I'd moved to Melbourne to do comedy. It was like just a bunch of local comics. And that was one of the jokes. So I'm like, I know who Dave Graney is. Wow. And I know who Ugly Dave Gray. I get this joke. <laughs> Little 14-year-old me in Tassie getting it. That's a good bit. Yeah. They're two, we, two uh, of your mates, aren't they? Yeah. Well, Ugly Dave – well, Dave Grady is a friend of mine, uh, but Ugly Dave Gray, I have – he used to come on a radio show I did called Martin Malloy and he was always um, pushing a joke book that he'd <laughs> self-published and it was – it was it had that look of something that had been made on the work photocopier yeah. and stapled. And it had a sealed section in it of, of blue material. It'd always be on here going, don't, for any kiddies listening, don't open the sealed yeah. section. <laughs> but I remember one time, the funniest thing he did on our, it was one of those things where he's a comedian who's you know, who tells joke jokes. Yeah. But off air was really funny just speaking naturally. And you go, oh, he could be a really good Modern, he yeah. could do like a one-man show at the Fringe if he could just bring himself to talk <laughs> on stage the way he talks off air. Because I remember one time we said, Dave, can you explain the difference to us between personality squares and celebrity squares? And his attempt to do that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <sighs> but, yeah, he's he was um, uh, played by Angus Sampson in a movie oh, in, uh, right. in oh. The King, that movie about Graham Kennedy. I remember Angus telling me he had to go and spend some time on the Gold Coast at the Ugly Dave Gray compound. This is becoming um, a, a podcast of me asking you to tell me stuff. But yeah, sorry. I mean, that's kind of what podcasts are. But can I ask you to tell me something? Um, I reckon maybe one of my favourite podcasts was yes. called The Lonely Hearts Club. Oh, well, it, that was a radio show. That was Angus Sampson's idea. And he wanted to do a fake uh, relationship advice show hosted by four divorced men. And so he pitched it to the ABC. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And they went, oh, great, we'll put it on Triple J. Remember there was uh, Restoring the Balance yes, where they're right. pretending to be young liberals. But the problem is that once it's on Triple J, you know it's a piss take. Yeah. So Angus was really adamant that we do it where that show would normally really be. So we did it on Radio National on Saturday nights from like 10 o'clock till midnight. And it was me, Angus, um, Sam Pang and Stephen Curry as of these four divorced men who had all met at a, a sort of a, a healing sanctuary or something. <laughs> and they're a bit depressed and they're all quite bitter about how their careers are going. I was a uh, what's called a second unit director in the film industry. So second unit director just does like cutaways. Yeah. I remember I was saying if, if you're watching City Homicide and Shane Bourne turns and looks at a disused meatworks, I'm, <laughs> I'm the one taking that photo or a cup being put down on a coaster. I've done that shot. And he was really bitter that he that there was no category for second unit directors at the AFI Awards. But we never at any point used our real names. And we were all using our own voices. So and Angus Sampson has a really distinctive voice. So we're going, surely yeah. 
there's going to be an article in the Green Guides. Oh, it's a piss take. And there never was. We were on for three months and there was never a word written about it. Really? And people would call in thinking it was a real relationship <laughs> advice show. And we would get in experts. We would get in like uh, health experts and, uh, uh, you know, motivational speakers. And we would just say to them, just act like it's a real show. And a lot of them didn't know who we yeah. were, so they just went along with it. And we would do that thing of going for 10 minutes without any kind of joke. So it really fooled people into thinking it was a real show. And then Angus was so – like there was never a second series because the ABC was so shat off that Angus wouldn't come out and say that right. it's a comedy. And they said, this is going to do great as a, pod- a comedy podcast. And Angus goes, no, 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 it's got to be in health. So we were, we, were the, <laughs> we were the number one health podcast for about five months on iTunes. But the ABC was so pissed off that we wouldn't just come out and say who we were that there was never a second This series. is like when J.K. Rowling wrote under a different pseudonym and then like six months later when the book wasn't selling, yeah. she went, yeah, oh, it's right. actually me. It's me, guys. Yeah. And then everyone's buying the books now. Yeah. She I think broke- they wanted us to come out at the end and go, it's, it's just us. It's yeah. all good fun. And we just never did. We took it totally seriously. I think I, f- I found it because someone tweeted it saying, I don't know why people people keep mentioning me involved with this or something yeah. like that. Oh, well, we would do things like I actually had a situation where I would make up fake movies I was working on. And I remember I said I'm working on uh, – I'm currently working on Wog Boy 3, <laughs> Kings of Mykonos 2. <laughs> And that got reported on two websites as a real film in production. <laughs> how how much of it was um, how much of it was set out before you started? It was all entirely improvised. We'd, we'd, if you had to work out a film like that, you'd write a few fake things yeah. you were working on. But the whole show was improvised so that it would sound really natural and spontaneous. Yeah, so funny. While we're talking about previous things that you've done, it kind of ties in with this uh, show as well, Lance Not Link, because. <laughs> Both the olden days and Barjass would have been a similar yes. thing where you, yeah. like the voiceovers for Lancelot Link, they would have had to get the footage to then do it, but they were doing it live. Well, you guys are trying to find the yeah. footage, plus also write an hour's worth of TV a week. It I was, don't know how you guys did well, this. Well, we did we because it was so complicated, we would actually do that months in advance. Yeah. So for this and so, if you don't know, if you don't, the late show used to have two little bits. Of, I don't know, each episode goes for like episode three was to five like about or? four minutes. Yeah. And it was the old, the, there was a show called Rush about the gold rush made in the 70s. And there was only about seven episodes yeah. still in existence. And we actually found a missing episode. It was like we got a commendation <laughs> from the government because we found a master tape for a long lost episode. And then we would just, yeah, change the voices. But now on a laptop, you could do that quite quickly. Yeah. We were sitting there with two VHS machines, like dubbing bits across yeah. and trying to make the voices match. And I remember it was me, Santo Chalaro, and Mick Malloy, and we would meet every Monday, and the hours were nine in the morning till nine at night. So yeah. it was a 12 hour day. And sometimes we would come away with seven seconds of footage. <laughs> It was like doing animation. Yeah. If we ever got 15 seconds in a day, it was a triumph. So was it on every week or was it? It was on for t- – Olden Days was on for 20 episodes. Yeah. And I think we – it took us five months to do that before the production yeah. of the show began. And then we started for year two, we were going to do it with a show called The Young Doctors. Do you remember that? I, remember, a, I know the name, but I don't remember the show. It, it had- was a – yeah, who was in it? Oh, Eight of the kiosk lady. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can remember. But um, we were going to do a show called Medical Hospital and we we worked on it for about a month and then the people who owned the rights to Young Doctors changed their mind. Oh. 
I'm like, oh, no. And so then we had to start all over again with a cop show called Bluey, which yep. we became barge ass. And because we were so behind schedule, there were only 10 episodes of barge ass. And to make up the slack, that's when they quickly got that thing, Charlie the Wonder Dog, together. Yep. <laughs> so Charlie the Wonder Dog was entirely due to... I think Grundy saying no, saying we we reckon there's one more play in yeah. the Young Doctors, which there never was, by the way. Did yeah. you think of using any of the Lancelot Link style tactics of just singing for a for a, a bar or two of just getting some actors and putting peanut butter in them? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it it was very. There was one I remember with olden days. There's a joke where um, Governor Frontbottom. <laughs> Is yeah, that was the level of the humour. He he's uh, acting like a chicken, and so because his mouth movement is very chicken-like. Because yeah. we did this, I thought this was a really good idea. We never listened to the real voices. Yeah, like we always did it with the sound out. It wasn't until we finished all of the olden days we finally turned the volume up and went, "Wow, that's what <laughs> they were saying." Because it was better not to be influenced by what they were saying, and so. Uh, yeah, Governor Frontbottom impersonates a chicken in one episode. And what I remember happening, and I can say this because she's passed away, Olivia Hammett, who was the only woman in Rush, uh, halfway through us doing the olden days, changed her mind and said, this is really offensive. I don't want any shots of me to be used. And so, and she was the only woman in the series. Yeah. So she was in most scenes. So we had to do things like only use shots that she wasn't in. It was really hard to do. And I had all I had written the episode with front bottom doing the chicken noise, and Michael Hirsch goes, "We're going to have to lose that episode." And I've gone, "Oh, but the chicken joke is so good." And I said, "Ask her how much money she wants to just you use one more episode." And this woman, very principled woman, came back and said, three grand. <laughs> so I wrote a check, a check for three grand of my own money so that we could have one more scene with her in it. So every time I see front bottom impersonating a chicken, I go, that, that is a three grand three joke. Three grand. In 1992, quite, that would be like four grand now. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. Did you, did you ever work with any primates? Pri never. Never. And I, I do listen to the Gilbert Gottfried podcast. And whenever he has a guest on, because they, they have a lot of old show business people. And in the old days, like, there would just be chimpanzees in every yeah. show. <laughs> you know, like the Dick Van Dyke show. There would be a, the doorbell would ring and a chimpanzee <laughs> would come in. And whenever someone mentions that, Gilbert, I notice there's always, oh, they're very dangerous. <laughs> He's obviously heard some nightmarish face ripped off stories. Yeah, are they? I think. I think. Well, I think they are based on true stuff. Wow. I think they are real, and it's a certain age, apparently. Right. One of a, a semi-regular guest, Andy Matthews, is some sort of a scientist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and he he's told me that yeah, they hit a certain age. Maybe it's. I reckon it's around the age that Lancelot Link yeah. was. If I think uh, he was about fourteen. With them, yeah, going through puberty, just going right. Hormones are racing. So that's when they're biting backs and. Ripping off faces. <laughs> Not that I'm blaming the chimps. No, because no, no, obviously no we're putting them in <laughs> shoes and on a horse. <laughs> we can't expect the them. <laughs> We've got them flying a biplane. There's another scene where they're playing tennis as well, and they're actually hitting the ball, which is the other thing. And they're playing, and then the phone rings, and it's in the bottom of the racket, and they pull the phone out, and it's like he just talks That's on the phone. Cool. 
right. Here's yeah, an but... interesting detail. Listen to this. The show's first season episodes were an hour long. <laughs> God. Uh, and also included Warner Brothers cartoon shorts from that animation studio's final years. The second season consisted of repeats from the first season <laughs> with the cartoons removed. Uh, the original network broadcast also included a laugh track. This was later removed for syndicated and, and video releases. Oh, so when The Office came out, they went, we can't put laugh tracks on stuff. We don't need to force feed the audience. They know when the jokes are. <laughs> it's just much more disturbing. Yeah. Probably Remember with when Mash did that. Mash had there was seasons with laugh tracks and then seasons without laugh oh, tracks. Really? Well, yeah. I, no, I remember specifically because when I was a kid, uh, we would watch Mash, and when it became really successful, Alan Alda, who was Hawkeye, was allowed to direct some episodes, and his episodes were always really serious, yeah. and would have no laugh track. And there was one where, like, literally everyone got killed on yeah. Mash, and I think it was just a dream. They all died. There was no laugh track and the credits rolled in silence at yeah. the end. And at our house, we were so furious. And I remember when MASH came on, if it said directed by Alan Alder, <laughs> everyone just go, nah, <laughs> switch it off. We didn't even watch it. I reckon they must have been the episodes I first saw because I, I, well, I was surprised here it was a comedy, I remember. <laughs> right. At some point as a kid, it was like just the music made me feel sad. Yeah, oh, exactly. Well, yeah. The, it's called so Suicide is Painless. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a mo- it was quite a satirical film. Yeah. It was like a film set in the Korean War made by Robert Altman, but he was clearly commenting on Vietnam, which right. I don't think anyone was doing Vietnam movies at that yeah. point. And it, it was quite the, – the surgery scenes were really realistic and disturbing, but then it was contrasted by the sort of hijinks that they were clearly – doing to get through this nightmare situation they're in. So that's a movie. Yeah. But now, a couple of years later, it's a it's a lovable sitcom. Yeah. But they've still got the really gory well, surgery scenes. I remember scenes. The, the, very la- odd. the last episode, which was the highest rating TV show ever, Like, and the, one of the scenes is like there's like Korean guards come in and they're going to kill anyone who makes a noise. And so this mother like suffocates her baby what? and the baby dies and it's this whole conversation for the good of the people. Like, I had to do for the greater good. And that was the final episode where, you know, Seinfeld, oh, we'll just bring back all the characters. We'll have a nice time. And then it's like, no, they're going like, to like kill a baby for the greater good. And that was the big message for the most highest rating show of all time. I've never, how have I never heard that? That is wild. <laughs> yeah. Now they don't show it when they show the reruns. They don't show the last one. They I feel silly one. sitting here talking about chimps and <laughs> suits all of a sudden. Chimps doing surgery. <laughs> yeah. That would be a, dis- a disturbing show. I reckon there'd almost definitely be an episode of Mash with a, a some sort of chimp. Oh, surely, yeah. absolutely. Family Matters had a had a chimp in it for a while. Steve Urkel was knock, knocking about with a chimp. Because I remember he said he, he said the Latin name Pongo Pigmaeus. Right. When I was in like grade four or five, I knew that because I watched Family Matters and he's right. oh Pongo Pigmaeus. That's a Latin word for chimpanzee or orangutan. I can't remember now, it, but yeah, it does feel like that's some sort of a jumping the shark mm. scenario. Oh. Bring it, bring in the chimp. Yeah, but Lancelot Limp. Link started there. They started over the shark already, I guess. It would be great <laughs> if they did a very serious episode. Of <laughs> <laughs> Lancelot, like a special episode. We were a baby gets yes. <laughs> okay. But there was also uh, another show when I was a kid was called BJ and the Bear. Oh, yeah. It was about a truck driver who was accompanied by, was it an orangutan? Yeah. Or was it based be- on the Clint Eastwood? Was it a TV oh, version of uh, I don't think any, it was. Every Which Way But Loose? But it looked like, you know, high 
Highway to Heaven, those kinds of yes. shows. But it was like there's this monkey knocking about. Because like, I remember it, was, it used to be on, on Taz TV at about 3 o'clock. You'd get home from school and you'd see the last half hour of it and then the kids' shows would start. It was always BJ and the Bear. BJ and the Bear, it's a great name. Yeah. It sounds like a talkback, like a commercial radio <laughs> <Yeah>. team. Morning team. <laughs> it was BJ and the Bear. Just the guy with an orangutan on <laughs> On no for breakfast. Right. Wasn't that the person choosing the music? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> on, Triple on Triple M. That's right. But that, I think that was actually Mick Malloy's idea for a joke because we we might have, you know, often just – we were always slagging the music. And he yeah. said, oh, I think a fucking monkey's choosing. The, and then suddenly that was a campaign. But then when we did get this, it was a few years later and I remember we would often refer to that and it got, the door would open and go, don't mention the monkey, all right? <laughs> We've put the monkey behind us. I love those people. Like, I don't know if Husey talks about this, which is like when they were doing what it, I think was Nova, the ads for it, and he was in a wheelie bin on a tram tracks and the tram behind me, he said, go round, go round. Because <laughs> right. trams can't go around. They're on no. the tracks. But they did the same ad in Brisbane with their team and it was just a bus and they were <laughs> go round. I'm like, well, you can go around. That's you missed the entire joke. Oh it's just successful because it's a catchy yeah. phrase. Yeah. Go round. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Matt. I'm uh, very aware that Josh and I have now said the monkey word yes. about 25 more times since you told us yeah. not well, to. Well, um, I mean, in this case, we didn't know maybe the bear is a monkey. We're yeah, not sure. That's true. So yeah, that could be unconfirmed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we normally uh, rate the show uh with um, obviously with an amount of bananas, <laughs> of course, of, um, out of a full bunch. I don't know how big the bunch is, but uh, and then and then you can also uh, let us know how ripe the banana oh, okay. is. Um, Joshua, uh, I mean, rate it as as a child. You're oh. through your childlike eyes. I, I'm going to give it as a child four four very ripe bananas out of five. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to do my adult rating now? Sure. I'm going to give it five just for the sheer scope, just to go on set and go, right, we've got to film all this, get them in the costumes, get the trainers on board, then go and voice it. Put it and then the soundtrack is also really good as well. It's five five monkeys, or five bananas out of five. Yeah. It's, it's wild that because the budget is huge. Yeah. And you, but they still had to, you are saying they were scrimping in certain stages as well because they'd spent, it was so expensive just to film Chimps. Yes. So there's a, another movie franchise we've been going through, uh, MVP Most Valuable Primate, where it's a <laughs> chimp who plays hockey, ice hockey. Wow. Um, but and, and Hang on. Like, sorry. This is not another podcast. This is another. Another episode of okay. this podcast. I was say, you, had, right. you had another podcast, which is Obviously just talking about one that of film. my many primate related. <laughs> no, another. It's a series we've been going through on this podcast. But in that, it's uh, the movies go for an hour and a half. But. Probably half an hour of it is the chimp getting dressed or undressed. Yes. And I think it's they're, they're so happy with the fact that they've got this footage. They're like, we've got to use it all. Yeah. So just each item of clothing, one by one. There'll wow. be little jump cuts, but basically you're just watching five minutes of a, a chimp getting out of bed and dressing itself. And is the music, un- is it like the shaft theme, something yeah. really cool? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, and I think it was pretty similar in the first episode of Lancelot Link. They... They did a lot of work with uh, just a lot of the basics. Every yeah. every part of getting on the horse was shown. They, <laughs> nothing was wasted. There's a scene where the horse actually bucks and the monkey stays on. The chimp stays on. Sorry, sorry, I keep saying monkey. They are. Well, I think they're very. They're very. Well, I mean, we find that out in well uh, in a in, a, in a most vertical primate. 
that uh, they got low centers of gravity and also make great skateboarders. So there's, a, there's another scene where one of the chimps gives another chimp a massage, and the chimp lays down on the table and gets a massage, really? and it tickles its feet, and it's kind of slapping the table, saying, "Don't do it." It's, wow. it's very good. Honestly, it's... the work of of Frank in um, should be. Yeah, you know, should don't, go on. Don't watch it if you're from Peter, but everyone else, it's really good. <laughs> I don't think it could be made anymore. Apparently, the man Frank in also worked on the Beverly Hillbillies. I don't know who he was training on that. <laughs> Jed, uh, <laughs> Jethro, <laughs> and Petticoat Junction, which I'm not sure what oh, that is. Petticoat Junction, yeah. What's Petticoat that? Petticoat Junction. It's like it was a train station. People would come in. There was young ladies. They'd be friends with the people, and it was like so. The whole show was set in the train station. I think so. Yeah, I like that. Uh, there was a different era. Wasn't there? I think it was a show that I saw because you tweeted about it where it was an Australian show set in a mall. Was that oh, you? yeah, that- yeah. That was called Arcade. Okay. And it was so depressing. But at the time, I think it was the most expensive set that oh. had ever been built. And then you look at it, you go, they could have just gone to Doncaster yeah. Shopping Town. <laughs> but it's got a terrible theme song. Yeah. Baby, you and I, we're just walking through an arcade. So the other Australian <laughs> TV couldn't show, be more literal. The other Australian TV show, I can't remember the name of it, but what it was, it was every day on SBS, and it was just in a train carriage, and it was oh, yes. about what was happening in that that day in the news, and just people talking yes. about it. And it was really good. And I think it would have been super cheap to make. Who were well known now yeah. were in that. Yeah, I can't think of who. I don't think it was a, a, a chimp, though. No, no, no chimps. A topical <laughs> chimp. Could have, yeah. I'm looking for a future episode topics, so <laughs> if you do think of any, let me know. Well, you've got to do the, the, the Clint Eastwood, um, yep. every way, which way but loose and any which way you can. We just did a, on my other podcast, to go and we just did some live shows in the UK, and a listener of this podcast gave me the box set. Wow. On DVD, so I'm okay. definitely going to get onto that sometime and, soon. And it's worth investigating if there is a link between BJ and the Bear. And the thing about BJ and the Bear, I might be remembering this wrong, but I think the ratings were failing. So in the third series, they decided to have not one, but something like nine sexy lady truck drivers. <laughs> yeah, it's just smart. like someone's gone, we'll just have a, a, a female. T- well, what about if there were nine of them? <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping I didn't dream that. I feel you like they they auditioned nine and like I can't. Why not all of you? But the Someone orangutans being sidelined. Yeah. BJ and the Bear also sounds like a gay search term as well. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, be very careful yeah. typing that into Google at the truck stop. <laughs> That's the gritty reboot. <laughs> How, how many bananas would you be giving I, Lance? I agree with uh, Josh. It was an amazing show when I was a kid, but it was not like top shelf. It wasn't as good as uh, Dastardly and Muttley in their flying machines or Here Come the Double Deckers, which was a sh- an English show about a gang of kids who had a secret hideout in a oh, junkyard. That oh, was amazing. That sounds amazing. So it would be like second tier. So I, I couldn't give it five bananas. I'll give it four. Well, bananas, yeah. that's a great score. Oh, thank you. That what, The Double Deckers, that sounds like, do you remember? Here Comes was... the Hot Stepper. <laughs> Here Comes the Hot Stepper. Word. <laughs> That's that what what it was, is? <laughs> there was an Australian show that I watched as a kid. I couldn't tell you the name of it, but it was it was the same thing, and it was the best. It was kids who were living in a secret, yeah, right, some sort of secret getaway, and there was like a bad guy called Spider. Wow, and 
This is something that no one's going to remember, I'm guessing. You're not thinking of My Secret Valley, are you? Yes, My Secret my, Valley. Oh. My Secret Valley, yeah. My Secret Valley. My... And, and the theme the song with... is just, they've just gone, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Wals, is it Walsing Matilda? Yeah. <laughs> is out of copyright. <laughs> so it's just My Secret Valley. Well, it's not, and, and, and men at work will tell you that it's oh, not oops, out of copyright. Okay, don't mention that. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't that. Was that Different was classic else. Australian yeah. tune. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll have to, I mean... From obviously an, an animal uh, rights standpoint, I'd give it a, a low banana okay, score. Yes. But entertainment. Do you give vote? every movie though a low <laughs> from animal rights? Well, not the cartoon ones. Oh, okay, that's right. <laughs> I don't know. I think this one has has felt the most in your face. Those animals aren't probably having the best time just because no. it's it's nonstop. And then and then you learn they all got castrated as well before oh, they got that. That that's... I, that's definitely lost a couple of bananas for me as <laughs> yeah. they did too. Um, but that, that brings us to everyone's favourite segment on the show, uh, which is the Primate Sporting Mascot segment. And uh, I didn't think I had one, but I just found an email um, from regular listener Nesta from California. And he said, this isn't really a primate mascot, but he thinks it still counts. He found a, a chimp in Brazil that ran for mayor and nearly won. <laughs> <laughs> Why near, What happened? Was there a scandal? Was he? <laughs> I, um, I, I haven't, to be honest, haven't even read the Wikipedia page, but the fact that it has one is wild to me. The uh, monkey is called Macacau Tiao or Tiao the monkey. Born in 1963, uh, sadly passed in, in 1996 in Rio de Janeiro. It's called Tao the Monkey and it was a chimpanzee. I mean, I can't get hey, away from this. So you've, you've now joined us. <laughs> I've, I've done it myself. <laughs> Um, it's got his weight and his height, but it doesn't say why he did not. Uh, it says, okay, he became a celebrity when in 1988 a magazine called Cassetta Popular jokingly created his extra official candid- candidature for mayor as a protest in defense of null voting. At the time, voting was written on papers instead of registered using voting machines. It is estimated that more than 400,000 ballots were cast for him. <laughs> Um, and he reached third place in an election with 12 candidates. Um, that's got him in the Guinness <laughs> World Records book. I've said that in a weird way. Um, as the most voted cha- chimpanzee in the world. Okay. Which is obviously, that was probably a blank page for quite a while. <laughs> wow. What was his um, platform? What was he running on? <laughs> it's got to be, it would, yeah. I could only assume it was, I won't rip your face off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a long bow to call that a sporting mascot, but I do appreciate uh, that anyway, Nesta. Uh, and the other favourite segment everyone loves on this show is Circus Watch. Um, uh, we're, we're, the last month or so, we've been trying to get Andy Circus on the show oh. <laughs> through nothing more than me mentioning him at the end of this yeah, podcast. Right. And I'm sure if he's obviously might, maybe doesn't listen through beyond the sporting mascot segment, maybe that's mm. where he's like, that's all I need. But uh, if you are listening, Andy, please come on the show. That'd be really good. Um, I've given facts about him in the past. Like he's uh, publicly said he has sex with his wife four or five times a day. <laughs> a day? A day, yes. Is it, does he do it in a motion capture <laughs> costume though? <laughs> there are definitely, yeah, ball, balls all over, um, I guess. Um sure. But yeah, he is. He's 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 portrayed two of the greatest apes on film, sure. King Kong and uh, Caesar, yes. who is the probably my favourite of all the on-screen apes. Um, so hopefully one day he will um, come on the show. He's just released a show on Netflix uh, called Mowgli, 
Right. Is that how you say it? How does he have time if he's having sex with his wife four or five times a day? It's a punishing schedule. <laughs> no sleep. He, uh, he works overnight, comes home, and bones all day. But um, I, someone suggested this a while ago that I, I should just get all the listeners to tweet at him. I don't know. Is that, how would you feel about that? Is that something that you should encourage? Well, well I mean, like... it's, a, it's a compliment. You're, yeah. not, you're not tweeting abuse at him. You're no, just that's... suggesting he come on a popular simian-themed podcast. That's true. Okay. So how, how long are you, are you wanting him for? Like, oh, what? Five, five minutes. Five minutes at the most, yeah. Exactly. You phone could up. That, you could just phone it in. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Andy. You phone it in like you phoned in the Ian during the Blockheads movie. You phone. <laughs> what is he? Have you seen that? No. It's actually quite good. I just thought, yeah. what movie? There was, didn't, no there was a whole movie it. about Rhythm Stick. Is yeah. That? yeah, yeah. But the problem is, why didn't he just play him? Why did he have to motion? Why did he green screen? It's <laughs> to green screen everything. Well, yeah, and that's uh, the movie that's just come out, um, which is about a new version of the Jungle Book. Is uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures, but they're. He, the big problem he came up against was bears and stuff don't have oh. as uh, emotional faces oh, as as a right. chimpanzee or a human, so they're they're kind of like this almost like humanish yeah. bears. So they they look kind of cool, but maybe nightmarish. I don't know. A <laughs> bit of both. Getting into that sort of terrifying Polar Express, yeah. <laughs> dead-eyed sort of world, the uncanny valley. Um, and finally, we uh... uncanny valley. <laughs> Uh, uh, some of our listeners are patrons. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash dogoonpod. Uh, you support this show as well as Do Go On and Book Cheat, Dave Warnicky's podcast. And one of the rewards is uh, you get to have your favourite primates read out by me. All right. Nice. Which is obviously quite an honour. Prestigious. Um, uh, we've got... He's a frequent um, frequent messenger to the show, Detective Herbert Covington. I'm not sure... <laughs> I'm not sure um, in what uh, organisation he is a detective, but um, I believe he's a very good one. And uh, he says, if we're talking fictional primates, and sure, we can be, he reckons it's Bubbles from Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Z. He's the most powerful regular, he's put in brackets, fictional monkey in Dragon Ball and probably most powerful in all pop culture, being able to withstand 10 times the Earth's normal gravity, <laughs> making him more fast and strong than any Earth monkey. Plus, he's adorable. So, okay, ticking true. all the boxes. And wasn't Michael Jackson's monkey called Bubbles? Bubbles. That's true. Right. So is that a tribute to that or uh, just a coincidence? It's gonna, you, you got any history with Dragon Ball Z? No, my kids are into Pokemon but not Dragon Ball Z. I think it was maybe it was a 90s. I think maybe it was yeah. just after my. I think it's still going. Oh, okay, I think great. You can still get the cards, yeah. But uh, there's a few. Uh, someone else mentioned Goku, who I believe is another sort of ape. So there's a lot of apes in that. So future yeah. episodes ready to go. Well, I think in the original Ghostbusters, the cartoon, there was a there was <gasps> there a was uh, too. ape in that as well. Xavier Michaelides is keen to oh, talk about that one. Yeah. So there was. Um, we'll talk about it in that episode. But yeah, there was copyright issues. They already owned the rights to the term. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Oh, did no. they? <laughs> so then the the Ghostbusters movie wanted to make a cartoon. Oh no, they did make a cartoon, but they had to call it the real Ghostbusters. Uh, and then the original one, sort of piggybacking off the success of the movie, made a cartoon as well. Yeah, and that was just Where confusing. Slimer for kids. was the main character as well. Right. Where in the movie, he's not. 
No. He's not on their team, but in the cartoon, he's on their team. Of course. Real confused. So I can't wait to, to delve into all and of that. And in the cartoon, they don't have the scene where Dan Aykroyd gets sucked off in the library either. So <laughs> is that just, a scene? That's a scene. I remember as a kid. Like, this is, a, is it's kind of a kid's movie. Or is it's one, alluded to that he's, one strange, a ghost is sucking him off. There's, yeah, that's right. There's a, a sort of, um, a, is it a dream sequence? No, it's a real thing where he's just. <laughs> His belt is yeah. being undone. <laughs> Is, I've forgotten that. That is a really strange bit in Ghostbusters. Yeah. And he does like a cross-eyed They didn't response. do that in the, in the remake with the women. <laughs> they didn't do that. <laughs> well, I think that's why old school fans were furious. If you're going to do it, do it properly. Uh, also, uh, listener Ilka Ilomaki uh, says their favourite primate is Cheetah from the 90s TV version of Tarzan, no. mainly because of childhood nostalgia, and they wouldn't dare to watch it now. Mm. I reckon they could, I reckon they could dare. I, I dare you to. <laughs> Didn't someone write a fake uh, autobiography by Cheetah uh, about five or ten years ago? And I might be getting this wrong, but it was like nominated for the Booker Prize <laughs> or something. It was like it was awards worthy. Uh, it's called something like I Cheetah. And That's, it's someone's it done it in the style of a classic uh, Hollywood autobiography that, like, Mickey Rooney would write about himself <laughs> or something like that. And it's it's obviously a work of fiction, but I'm pretty sure it was, like, shortlisted or maybe long-listed for the Booker Prize. I'm, I'm getting more and more homework uh, from yeah. this episode. I imagine, Matt, that you must occasionally wake up and think, it's a limited idea. <laughs> I, am I going to get to 50? But I reckon this can go to 100. Yeah, it feels – I I was thinking like a year or well, – now I'm just not sure. I mean, I still haven't done any King Kong. And there's, <laughs> Seems there's five or six of them. There are. Right? Yeah, so, there's King Kong uh, versus Godzilla. You've, you yeah. know, you've got some of the cheaper versions That's to right. get to. I mean, Although I've, around episode 80 where if you're doing yoga ads, I'm like, no, you've just, <laughs> yeah. just shut it down. Just shut it down. Yoga. You've got to go through all the original Planet of the Apes movies. There was five of those. You could do an episode each on That's on those. Haven't touched on any of them yet. I've only done one of the reboots. Right. So there's, yeah, there is a, still quite a, we haven't got an old episode on Bubbles, Michael Jackson's. That's the Tim. terrible uh, Tim Burton, Planet of the Apes. People forget that With, one. With um, uh, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> the big finish. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so I, look, I'm in this for the long term, I think. Um Travis Alexander, uh, he has suggested his favourite is Max the crime-fighting gorilla from South Africa, who apparently is a real, this sounds like it deserves its own episode, a real flesh-and-blood gorilla, um, saying he literally took a bite out of crime and a criminal's butt and survived being shot by that criminal. So... But where is his yeah. work showcased? Is there a Dog the Bounty Hunter style series that follows <laughs> him around? There's got to be, right? <laughs> I, I feel like there's got to be um, something, at least a, a, a book written in, in, in first person sort of. If order. Steven Seagal can pass himself off as a real crime fighter, surely. That, I, I know this is, this is a monkey, but there is a monkey in San Diego, San Diego called Josh Earl. What? Who's got a best really? friend called Pucho the dog? It was like Animal Planet cute couples kind of thing. And so in my podcast, I have to Google my name at the start for the intros. <laughs> and that came up in the first week. And so it's a little monkey that wears a nappy. That's, yes, yeah, that's right. do an episode about him. You've, you've got to come up, come I'll back. Come and, on. And so there is a, a, like a reality show about it. Well, it was it one episode of like a National Geographic show? That's very yeah. doable. I much prefer one episode yeah. <laughs> if possible. <laughs> 
Um, and finally, Rachel Johnson uh, says her favourite primate is the orangutans. Got that in common with you, Tony. Mm. In particular, the character, the librarian from the Discworld novels. Um, apparently, he goes apeshit when anyone calls him a monkey. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, don't listen to this one. <laughs> I guess it, it would be quite easy for a, a, a orangutan to go apeshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got it in them for sure. And that's another one I'd, I'd love to do a, a one about, but I've got to read a whole book then. Yeah. I, I've read a couple of Discworld novels, well, but not for a while. Get Dave to do it as a book cheat and then you just be on that episode. <laughs> oh, that's good. Crossover. <laughs> yeah. Love that crossover potential. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Where can people find you? Um, Josh, where? Uh, my podcast, Don't You Know Who I Am, which is out every Thursday, and you've both been guests on that, so thank you very yes. much. And also I've got a new podcast coming out next year with Jess McGuire called 100% Pod Volume Hits. No, wow. 100% Hits Volume Pod, sorry. Okay. And we go through all the 100% Hits Volume albums, goes from zero or 1 to 22, and we just talk about the songs and it's, you know, if it's a good dose of nostalgia there. It goes back to 92 when it started and then we go all the way up to 99 when they ended it. You were showing me the first edition and that's got Roxette as ro- well as... Roxette, Paula Abdul, um, who else is on there? Like there is actually some good songs like Crowded House are on there with uh, Chocolate Cakes. They're not their good song, but they've got like, <laughs> yeah, some good stuff on there as well. And you're, the other podcast, uh, Don't You Know Who I Am, yes. uh, for people who don't know it, it's a, it's a sort of a game show, but it's, it's basically show. just a... a uh, it's an interview show where I, I, all the questions are about the guests and so I'll, it's, they reveal stories that they haven't revealed elsewhere and it's kind of fun and it's just a good excuse for people to tell their best stories. And you do seasons of live shows every sort of semi-frequently. Yeah, so next year I'm planning to do it monthly, monthly like month on month off, month on month off live shows. So, of course, um, you're also appearing at the San Diego Zoo. Yes, uh, in, a, in a nappy with my friend Pucho. <laughs> Antonio, um, obviously Sizzletown, which yes. is your – is it the first ever phone-in podcast? I, I'm saying that it is, and I keep waiting to just open my Twitter and have someone tell me otherwise, but there doesn't seem to be many live-to-air talkback podcasts. But I think when this episode of uh, Primates goes out, uh, we will be in hiatus, but we're back in the uh, first week of February. And, well, it's a, it's a very Moorish podcast. It's only half-hour episodes. Only half an hour, which... and it's so much work. <laughs> <laughs> it's so It's an insane amount of editing. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't think people even realise that I'm talking to myself for the whole half hour. So, which is, is, I think that makes it way more fun. Yes, um, it's, I, it's easy to get guests. <laughs> I know I've got to book four every week. <laughs> I know I, I always see Carl uh, Chandler, yeah, and he's always exhausted from the effort of trying to get people to come on the Dum Dum Club. Plus, also he runs three comedy rooms That's a week true. as well. That's very true. You also uh, you're playing in uh, a band of my one of my. Musical heroes from Tism, uh, Humphrey B. Flaubert's. Yes, Damien Cow has a band called Damien Cow's Disco Machine, and it features uh, seven actual musicians, and then me sort of flailing about, much like Bez in the Happy Mondays. But <laughs> da- but Damien is just slowly luring me into doing more actual singing. So we in the current show we do a duet of White Christmas, but it's about Pauline Hanson. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, so that's a lot of fun. Are, th- are there any shows coming up? Uh, we are supporting Regurgitator somewhere in Melbourne on the 22nd of December. So Awesome. Uh, Christmas yeah. show. Because you, yes. you got a few Christmas tunes. We do, yeah. And there's a new album coming out hopefully next year, which is I think Damien's best one yet. Awesome. He's got an amazing back catalogue. If does. you go to his Bandcamp page, he's actually done more 
albums. I didn't realise this, but Tism only did six albums. They did about 25 EPs, but yeah. they only had six albums. I think Damien's now done maybe eight or nine since Tism. Also, you can see their last ever show all up on YouTube, Tism's, and the best scene is when Mark O'Toole, comedy writer, gets <laughs> pelted with dollar coins at the end of it. It's a very good scene. Well, I actually uh, got... Pel- pelted by dollar coins at a TISM gig in, I think, 1989, and I still have a piece missing <laughs> really? from one of my teeth. So that from was being the thing they did. Hit. I can't remember why, but I think the dollar coin had only just been introduced. Oh. And they go, um, they're like bullets. Yeah, yeah they're heavy People coins. Chucking coins. The, the one with Marco Tool uh, when he was playing... Oh, Proust or something. Yeah. Oh, is that the Proust telethon? The telethon, yeah. Called yeah. Save Autism. Now we're a dollar short. That's to raise a million dollars. <laughs> that is a really great show. Yeah. It's on, um, if you get their last album, which was called The White Album, and was only available in a giant box that yeah. had DVDs and I, everything. I went to, I remember going to JB Hi-Fi. It must have been delayed for the release. Yeah. I, I visited a JB Hi-Fi weekly for, I reckon it was a month or right, so. Right, right. And is it in yet? And it's it's yeah. a regularly sized, so it doesn't fit in the normal. Yeah, that's right. It's it a looks bit... like a VHS. Yeah. Like Damien told me they just made so many insane commercial decisions with that album, but it is a great album. Yeah. And it has- It's um, one of my favourites. It yeah. had a hit in Germany. Yes. Um, everybody else has yeah. had more se- Everyone else has had more sex than me. And it also has a song on it. Somebody start a fight or something, which Paul Prevenza uses right. as the oh, theme yeah, for, for his the green, the green room, room yeah. show. Well, if you're yeah. going down that rabbit hole on YouTube, uh, also watch their appearance on Hey Hey It's Saturday of Saturday Night Palsy, just to see Daryl Summers <laughs> say, and you can see, clearly see him not having read it before. And go, their song Saturday Night Palsy. <laughs> it's great, great. And yeah. that that the, the setup for that clip is that they because they're, they're all uh, wearing masks and they they had a all their costumes from previous tours and they had uh, groups of people wearing all the different costumes and the the studio just got flooded <laughs> one on top of the other of all these groups. Right. So it ended up being 30-odd people in there, I think, which I don't think – I didn't figure out for a while that it wasn't an effect. It was yeah. actually just full of <laughs> wow. people. But, but the – I, I really loved the first two albums of the Disco Machine oh, thanks. as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, looking forward to hearing the new one. Um, for people who uh, want to find – Primates on social media. We're at Primates Pod on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Email is primatespod at gmail.com if you've got any suggestions for future topics or any sporting mascots or any sort of mayoral um, candidates or anything like that. If you could please give us a five star review, this is something. You don't lower yourself to this sort of stuff, Tony. You don't either, do you, Josh? I should, but I, I don't. I always forget to. to. But do people, it. I was told that you you got to ask, otherwise people don't do it. And I really appreciate it. Put a five-star review in on iTunes or whatever, and apparently that makes the podcast more visible oh. due to algorithms. Right. Um, and... I don't what you can give me your honest message in the notes. Just give me a five star review so that the algorithms help, and then you can tell me what you really think <laughs> right. in the comments. Um, and that brings us to the end of the show. But we always finish the show uh, with our classic catchphrase, which is just riffed at the at the end. So it's a primate related thing. I don't know if any of you want to put your Tony, if you want to do the honors. Josh, thanks so much for joining us th- this week. And Tony, as we always say on Primates Podcast, where's your monkey? <laughs>
podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.